Hey, hey, what's going on? Look, be jealous all you want, but I totally just watched Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. I I just want to say that Rick Moranis is a genius. You know, whether he's like Dark Helmet and Spaceballs or Bob McKenzie, that stereotypical Canadian. Everything he does, it just it seems to be gold, you know, and... Even though, like, I adore this movie and I hadn't seen it in ages, I I got a little aggravated by it. But uh, before I start raging, riding a bumblebee, that was the tits. And also, how badass was it for the ant to step up and fight the scorpion and die for the kid? Like, that, that goes to show that that ant, that ant was a class act. And that scorpion's are killers but ants ants are decent creatures and i'm just thinking that 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 scorpion bitch is lucky that you know he was in a movie and wasn't real life and i wasn't you know looking down on him all godlike full of ryan cokes with a lighter and a can of raid because i'd have ended him and his reign of unnecessary terror i i would have ended him then don't get me wrong i thoroughly enjoy needless violence and murder uh, especially in disney movies but to attack kids who've been shrunk against their will is pretty low i think that scorpion needs to get his morals in check and i don't know it, it, it also bothered me when the dad lit a cigarette and then he took one puff off of it but when he flicked it it was the butt and like it looked like he almost smoked that thing in the filter that bothered me and then when Amy was washing up after she got all muddy she didn't even care about getting water all over her watch that clearly wasn't waterproof and I I I hope somebody got fired for that and it's like well I get pissed you know it's like stupid movies also like Amy when, when being revived by her dreamy next door neighbor boy she never noticed um she had a ring on her pinky, right? And yet a couple scenes later, her ring was on her ring finger. And, uh, do people not notice this while, while editing? It's like in the movie The Exorcist, um, when Reagan's mom is talking to the priest and she butts a cigarette. But then after it views the priest and he's done his line, she's smoking again. I don't expect movies to be real or perfect, but fuck, like... Who do I have to give a hand job to get a little consistency going in Hollywood? And I don't know. Maybe it's that I'm too much of an observant individual and then I get enraged by little things that really don't matter. Or, you know, maybe Hollywood people just don't take that much pride in their work. You can decide which one is correct here, but you think about the huge budget, the, like, the, the huge budget that they have and the use that they could look over the movie and make sure if something is one way that it's not different in other scenes or or in a scene that's supposed to be the exact same day or moments later but nobody cares you know I'll, I'll keep getting angry about this and nobody will care like eventually I'll get so enraged that a vein in my forehead will explode and my heart will fail and you know this will still continue to go on people will think I was just angry and I had problems and both of which are true but uh, nobody will go into like Paramount Pictures and be like with automatic weapons and say like fix it people are dying no that'll never happen because nobody cares you know they, they don't care about the little details because all they see is the picture 
the big picture and you know what i see the big picture too and i realize it's just a big picture it's the little things in life that matter and that we should be concerned about but anyway honey they honey i shrunk the kids it's an undeniable classic and i don't want to give the impression that it sucked and if you haven't seen it you need to see it because uh, it's good like unfortunately it's not like the best like not every movie isn't flawless and legendary like you know the princess bride and now, now there's a movie that had it all that was that's my all-time favorite movie it had a pit of despair a fire swamp a drunken spanish guy avenging his father's death by killing a six-figured man you know it had like sword fighting rodents of unusual size it had a giant a miracle worker a kid with the flu like a guy who was mostly dead all day it had like rhyming games constant misuse of the word inconceivable a classic video game system pirates it had like immunity to poison phrases that meant other things and of course true love and attempted suicide when true love is lost wow flawless unfortunately for honey i shrunk the kids it was no princess bride so there were things wrong with it first off the thompson's dad he was uh what a, what a jim carrey in his prime wannabe you know um the guy sucked and he wasn't funny and i know he had to be annoying to like you know teach a moral or whatever but the movie you could have succeeded without him easily he could have been set on fire in the first couple scenes and they still couldn't have followed the same plot. They could have just went on with the movie. And Plus, seeing a human engulfed in flames makes any movie that much better. And uh, it, was his, it was his character, and I, I know that, but it was a tad exaggerated. And because, you know, nobody's that annoying. I'm all for exaggeration, and I felt like I'm all for exaggeration. Okay, and I, and I feel it makes life worth getting up for. But honestly, they should have toned it down a bit. Like, he didn't need to be that annoying. There, there was simply no need for it. But I've kind of grown to expect that flaw from him, from Disney when they attempt to make a movie that isn't animated, you know. Like, speaking of which, why the hell did they make a Mighty Ducks trilogy? Again, there's no need for that. They, they made their point in the first one. If you get a DUI... You will win the Pee Wee Championship, coaching a bunch of otherwise fucked up degenerates. Th that was the moral, right? That was the point of Mighty Ducks? Uh, I, may, I may have missed it, but it, at least I got something from it, you know? And I learned a lesson, and isn't that really what matters, right? I mean, Mighty Ducks 2, or D2, which I refuse to call it, it wasn't necessary. Like, don't tell the same story twice, and or in this case, three times. It's boring and repetitive and dumb. Isn't that right, all you people who watched The Hangover 2 and 3? Is that right? The first Hangover did it for me. It had a friggin' tiger and Zack, and you can't top that shit. Not unless, you know, the missing dude is kidnapped by legit witches. But uh, I failed to catch a glimpse of the... Of any witches in the other two movies actually I only seen the second one i think i don't know but the point is they made three mighty ducks and three hangovers and even a hollow man 2 which was one of the worst movies ever created and yet they never created the ghostbusters trilogy that's exactly what's wrong with society there was no third ghostbusters and don't give me this bullshit about 
the new Ghostbusters reboot being the third one because that's not even Ghostbusters. And it's not a sex thing. A lot of people give me balls for that. I love the Ghostbusters. That was my childhood. I grew up on it and they fucking ruined it. And I was upset about it. And they're all like, you're only saying that because they're women. No, I'm only saying that because they're not Ghostbusters. You know, in two years, if they remade Xena, Warrior Princess, and Xena was played by Yona Hill, yeah, yeah, or Jonah Hill, or you'd be pissed off, dude. That's not Xena. It's not a sex thing. It's a Ghostbuster thing. And I don't know. They just don't make good movies. And like, remember, there's a movie called Ghost World. Okay. It, it made Scarlett Johansson, like, my dream woman, and then she did other movies, and I don't like her so much anymore, but, uh, it's just, she was so good in that movie, I don't even know if people know she was in that movie, but it, it's, she, she became my dream woman, mainly because I'd rather be sleeping than watch any other movie she's been in after Ghost World but her character in Ghost World wrap her with like Joy from My Name is Earl and you pretty much have a woman I can actually relate to uh, I really have no jokes about Ghost World or My Name is Earl I just really enjoyed them and I thought you know I'd mention them of course My Name is Earl isn't on anymore you know because it was a good show and the good shows aren't on anymore the Simpsons is really the only great show that's still on, and you motherfuckers can argue that all you want, but, you know, those Family Guy fans out there who are saying that the Simpsons aren't funny anymore, yeah, go back to watching your ADHD-inspired show riddled with flashbacks and cheap fart jokes, and leave the rest of us to appreciate the real animated comedy, okay? You know, there's actually people out there who say that Family Guy is better than The Simpsons, are you new? Are you new? We we actually let these people out of the house. Like, this is crazy. These morons should be isolated together so they can laugh at Stewie's flawless humor that he's got there. Uh, I wish Lois would have had a miscarriage. And why is he all British talking? Like, his parents are both American. And In fact, he's a fucking baby. Why does he talk at all? Like, I don't... He may be this super intelligent terrorist or whatever he was before it got old and the show was cancelled and they had to redo the whole thing. But I'm pretty sure Maggie Simpson would make him wish his mom and dad, you know, would have left him behind in Arby's when he was younger. But I don't know, maybe I reacted a little bit too overreacted, I guess, just now. But I don't like Family Guy, you know. I don't understand why uh, anybody watches Family Guy when they can watch American Dad. It's the same dude, same creator. I love Ted. I just I can't get into family. I think Seth MacFarlane is fantastic, and I just can't get into Family Guy. I just I just I love American Dad though, and uh, you know I love like Archer and Bob's Burgers and South Park and Beavis and Butthead and I don't know. If you're the, one of these people thinking whoever watched Beavis and Butthead in the first place is so stupid. You need to ask yourself the question of when did my life become so sad? Because Beavis and Butted are awesome, and so is King of the Hill, so deal with it. You know, I don't know. <sighs> like, these are that's just The Simpsons were a big part of my youth, and I, I miss my youth. And I tend to talk about it a lot. And. 
You know, I try not to dwell on the past and live in the moment, but the truth is, the moment sucks. And I'm not as interesting of a person as I once was when I was young and good-looking and funny. And it's like, I like to talk about my past because I have some some stories that they're so unbelievable that I couldn't have possibly made them up. And people seem to enjoy them. And I often think back to how easy life was when I... When all I needed to worry about was how many kids were going to show up for the weekend for street hockey and stuff. And life was so smooth and pure and I didn't need to deal with bullshit or have a boss I worked for. And I sure as hell didn't worry about like society or social issues like I do today. Because I was young and oblivious to the world around me and it just made it a simple time. I remember when I could just hang out with the same kids every day and have laughs and pee my pants without shame. And... We all remember it, and I, th- I kind of think we all need to. And we remember, you know, what it's like to be carefree, and we need to remember what it's like to be carefree and have fun because I think it's it's healthy and it can relieve a lot of everyday stress that we have as adults. So I, I try to recreate the feeling I had as a kid, and I, I do that. So I uh, to do that, I purposely pee my pants every third Wednesday. And then I go to the park, and the people at the park usually don't understand what I'm doing, and they often hide their kids away or say, oh, here comes that drunk guy who smells like pee again. But you know what? Oh, well, fuck those people. You know, it's like, I don't know. I I hung around the same guys all the time, and I developed a bond with them that only growing up could break. And I cared about them. I looked out for them, and I would have done anything for them if need be. You know, everybody has that one friend, though, like the one friend that they hold above every other friend you know them well you trust them and well you know what kind of person they are but every now and then they make like a comment in a situation that makes you think otherwise and it's like uh like i'll give you an example uh and this is a completely true story when i was like nine ish my friend and i were re reenacting the crucifixion of christ uh why well (laughs) Well, we had great imaginations. You know, we we play hockey like the guys in the NHL. And we play baseball like the guys in MLB, and we'd wrestle like the guys in the WWF, which it was called back then. And you know, beat the shit out of our friend like the Romans did to Jesus in the Bible. And luckily for me, I got to be one of the Roman dudes on this particular day. Um, being being Christ was. It was a tough gig. Like, believe me, it took a lot out of you. And, uh, you know, anyway, we couldn't recreate the whole thing accurately because, you know, with other things we copied, we had, like, the right shit. We had, like, ball gloves and bats and hockey sticks. And we even made our own um, championship belts for wrestling. But, uh, do you realize how hard it is for, like, a nine year old to get their hands on a fucking cross? Yeah, you you can't just buy that shit at Walmart, you know what I mean? And, um, another inaccurate thing about it was my my friend, who was portraying Jesus, wore Nikes. Uh, The least that motherfucker could have done was, you know, put some sandals on, but he argued that Jesus never wore sandals with Velcro straps, and either way, it would be completely inaccurate, and whatever, so I said, whatever, so now, now I tied my friend up by wrapping his arms around a telephone pole, and I secured them together with duct tape, 
I'm not positive if they had duct tape back then in the days of the Bible, but I'm pretty sure that because, you know, duct tape is obviously a product sent from above, I'm sure it's a possibility. So with my my friend was secured nice and tight and he was around the pole, I grabbed a skipping rope, or an AKA whip, and I started to beat the shit out of him with it. And it, it was hurting pretty bad, and I could tell because he was all whining like a burn victim about it. And it was bad enough, but then it got worse. Um, one of the hard plastic handles slipped down to the middle of the skipping rope I was, I was like as I was beating him. And because I was caught up in the moment, I didn't notice, and I whacked him in the back of the head with it. And he cried out in pain, and he's like, stop, I'm hurt. And, you know, of course, I kept whipping him until, uh, you know, I got frustrated with his agony. And I said, dude, stop breaking character, man. I'm pretty sure in the Bible, Jesus wasn't, like, a little bitch about this. Uh, anyway, uh, I stopped whipping him after I whipped him, like, nine or ten more times. You know, because I have a heart, you know. And my arm was tired anyways. And So after the crucifixion, we decided to go to the park, right? And yes, the same park I visit every third Wednesday after peeing myself. Thank you for inquiring. So we go to this park and we come across this baby bird that broke in its leg, right? And I pick it up and it was crying like a little bitch. And just like my friend was when I was savagely beating him relentlessly with a skipping rope. And I, I asked my friend what we should do with the bird. And it was clear to me that the bird had probably fallen from the nest and broke the shit out of its legs. So I started looking into the trees to see if I can like, see a nest, right? And as I'm scanning the scenery, my friend says, Let's strangle him until he dies and bury him in my backyard. And even at like nine years old, I thought, Did... Did he just mutter a phrase that a serial killer would mutter? No, first of all, let's be logical. This was a baby bird we were dealing with here. Like, how the fuck are we supposed to strangle him? And secondly, that's fucked up. Settle down there, Gacy. We're, we're, we're gonna pan our options out here. It, it made me wonder if someone who says, like, psychopathic shit like that was leading a double life and had, like, many secrets I would find out eventually, like at the trial but I'm guilty of it too though like I won't play Mr. Innocent here yet I didn't suggest strangling an injured baby bird and burying him um, I had a female friend in my 20s and she was feeling a little unattractive right so uh, she has my honest opinion of her and she asked if you didn't know me would you have sex with me and I thought oh shit you know I, I need to make her feel better right so being the nice guy I am I said oh hell yeah you know you're a hottie I'd have sex with you even if you'd been dead for two days. And for some reason in my head, I thought that this would be a huge compliment and help boost her spirits, but outside of my head, it led to, like, the end of a friendship in almost a restraining order. Yeah, and, uh, we were idiots, though. Like, I remember this one time our mothers used the phrase sugar high, uh, which is a big mistake on their part, and uh, we started to think that sugar high would be a good experience, and we should try it, because after all, it's hard for an 11-year-old to find cocaine, and we set out to get this sugar high, and we do it by adding sugar to soft drinks and eating pixie sticks. Our one friend, who now has a severe drug habit, habit even, you know, even snipped pixie sticks, now, after drinking a ton of sugar and eating pixie sticks and soft candy and chocolate bars, I wanted to see if my sugar high was in effect, and I told my friend to punch me in the face. You know, just to, so I could see if I was still able to feel pain or if I was fucked out of my tree on the white stuff, right? 
So he punches me in the face with like no hesitation. And apparently he was still upset about the crucifixion a couple years earlier. And, you know, he saw his opportunity for redemption. And um, I hit the pavement and I felt everything. And it hurt pretty bad. Like, uh, I don't know if you've ever been punched in the face, but it hurts a bit when you're under the impression you're numb on sugar and aren't expecting a blow to be painful. You almost go into shock as well, you know. So sugar highs are bullshit, kids. Uh, they simply don't exist. So next time I hear a parent say that their kid was on a sugar high, I'm going to say they don't exist. Sorry, but you're lying. And after the punch, I was surprised by two things. Uh, one, that our parents would lie about us, about ways to, you know, that we can impair our judgment. And two, I was surprised that to this day, I still haven't developed diabetes. But uh, memories, huh? <laughs> Uh, my, my friends and I were into pushing people's limits and doing ridiculous things, and I still do, but when I was younger, it was a priority and an everyday thing. And if not running naked home from my high school sweethearts or getting our asses beat by Santa Claus, which is another story I will include in this podcast. That's a good one. It's a true story that I've embellished a little bit, but it is true. Um, yeah. Anyways, or like, um, if we weren't like embarrassing my girl in the pharmacy by asking the young female clerk which brand of condom felt the best, we were really always up to something. Um, I wouldn't call us practical jokers by definition because practical jokes often take time and preparation and they aren't just like random acts of stupidity that make people think you're a real idiot and idiots we were. It's amazing that we were never arrested and it makes me, you know see that uh, time has changed a lot and some of the things that that uh, some of the things we did as jokes are now considered like criminal offenses and I, we never considered the possibility like when running naked down a public street that uh, we'd pass a police officer or on devil's night or business as usual which we'd often call it uh, we would do the traditional egging but uh, we only did it because it was a classic activity, and we, we would go out armed with eggs and a mental list of everyone in walking distance, whoever graded our cheese. Or... We followed this routine, and sometimes in preparation, we would do practice runs by egging our enemies, or even just random houses, you know, throw one egg after another, and when you release, the next person would get sad. There was, like, efficiency to our egging. And we also tried the whole, like, dog poo in a flaming bag routine, but uh, only because it was... It was a classic and we wanted to try it. We did it to an old man that we used to terrorize. And um, one time when he was yelling at us, we threw Chinese firecrackers at his feet and made him quote-unquote dance like in old Western movies. But uh, here's some advice to anyone who thinks it's funny to mess around with old people. Take this advice and learn from like what I already know. It's all fun and games. It's all fun and jokes until you trigger a nom flashback. So just remember that. And then there was this asshole on the street over that once when I was walking by, I brushed his truck with my arm and he said, don't touch my truck, you fucking idiot. And well, I didn't, I didn't take that to be a nice thing to say at all. So for the next few months, we egged the shit out of his truck on a different day of the week. So then we slapped lunch meat on it in hopes that the sun would help remove the paint a little bit. And I learned this from experience that you shouldn't, fuck with people in a small town because it turns out beyond my knowing that this prick was my best friend's godfather like our dad's best friend and also at the time she was my girlfriend so small small world um 
Anywho, uh, we learn little lessons such as um, such as this. Uh, we also learned that egging your neighbor's truck from your front yard while he's watering his grass is sure to have you busted. Uh, we did it though, as dumb as that sounds. Just totally fucking egged the shit out of his truck. And we got to the point of not caring anymore, I guess. And uh, he made my buddy clean it up and also threatened his dad's truck. So my buddy's dad, being the clever son of a bitch he is, he set up a video camera on the in the window of his house and it was aimed on the truck that night. But uh, his neighbor wasn't stupid enough to retaliate and vandalize his truck in plain view. Not as dumb as we were. And we actually grew out of egging and streaking and mooning and all that childish shit and got down to some pranks. And my friend went into a convenience store one time on a quiet morning, driven by a George Carlin joke. And he said, uh, Are you open on Thursdays? And he actually yelled it, and the clerk was horrified and just shook his head and. Just like the joke told him to do, he yelled, thank you, and then he proceeded to run away. I have to say that he got a gold medal for being a moron there, but uh, yet I'm glad he did it, because it was funny as hell. Uh, So we decided that pranks were the way to go, but uh, not one of us was smart enough to plan out the joke. Like One time, we called my buddy's mom and uh, said to her that her husband was dead, and uh, although that's very cruel, it's also more ineffective when or it's also more effective actually when a the father or husband we claim as dead isn't sitting next to her and b uh he doesn't hand her the phone after answering it and telling her who's on the other end it doesn't work when you say hey dad put mom on the phone i want to play a joke on her uh it just doesn't work um <laughs> we, we we used to call escorts and ask for a hooker or makes specific requests like a girl with one leg or something freaky and kinky like that but uh one time my buddy was like i don't know if it matters or anything but um can you send one big tits and the dispatcher said this is obviously a joke so why don't you go fuck your mom and yeah i know fucking rude but uh every group of idiots i ever hung around always had fun with escorts and they'd ask if you're alone and then and uh in order for this prank to work, like my buddy would say yes, and she was she ever terrified and surprised to see two other dudes in there. It turned out okay though, because uh, you know we sat her down and explained that we were playing Mario Party and we needed one more person. And the girl sat with us and we paid her to play video games with us. And I, I wish I could say I'm making this up right now, but sadly it's true. Uh, it's, it's probably the easiest call and most fun she's ever had as a hooker, so I don't feel that bad about it. So anyway, we weren't, uh, when we weren't popping like over-the-counter Viagra from a sex shop and then going Christmas caroling in July, uh, we were getting our hands on a tandem bike, and for those of you who've never been on one, you're missing out because tandem bikes are awesome. And we rode everywhere, and we bonded together on this tandem bike, me and my buddy, and we did stop once at the train track so my buddy could walk alongside of it with his pants around his ankles. Uh, priorities, right? And we went through the Kentucky Red Chicken drive-thru on the on on this bike and and asked for a pop. And the girl said that uh, if you're on the vehicle, you need to come in. So of course we did. You know, the cost of the pop was like two dollars and sixty some cents. And seeing the look on everyone's face when two twenty-year-olds, you know, get off a candy red tandem bike is pretty priceless.